Alexa, play the boys are back in town. Welcome everyone to this, I was going to say this week's Wolves fancast. It's like this day's fancast, the amount we're doing at the moment. Richard Hobbs here and joining me today after our fantastic victory over West Ham, we've got Dan. Hello. And we've got Stu. How are we boys? Oh, we're very happy now. <laughs> very happy. Tip, tipsy. It, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like just things haven't changed. 100 days without a game of football for the boys. You know what? Didn't seem to matter. Casual 2-0 win against West Ham. You know what? Normally, we go through a whole running order about the latest news, how we, pl- how we just played, have a nice little ad break, Dave dropping with a bit of a plug for Pixel Yeti Media. Still might get that. Never know. Then, you know, talk about the games what coming up. You know what? We're just going to go straight into talking about football because I've missed it. And I didn't realise how much I've missed it until I actually started. Um, and you know what? It's like things haven't changed, isn't it? The boys <laughs> are back in town. But how, have you not watched any football whatsoever? Not. I, I've caught some of the Bundesliga, but not religiously. Um, I've not sat down and watched a 90 minute game. Um, no. So it, for me, it was like the first time. I, I first, yeah. First one in three months. Pretty much, yeah. Like I, I've caught highlights and bits and bobs and like tuned in and out of games, especially like, you know, the last couple of days as well. But yeah, no, I've basically been cold turkey. You know, I'm not like uh, former fan casting Alex and his uh, hatred of any, anything that he's not there at. Um, for t- when it started, I thought mm, this is not going to work. I think Dan was in the same boat. Um, but I've kind of grown to love it, and the whole audio no audio thing. I have it with the with the fake audio now. It just blends into the background. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it swallowed me up within three weeks, and it's yeah. the new normal is normal now. I feel like I'm getting a little bit better game by game with the audio augmentation now. Yeah. Um. And like, like I said, I think it's it's felt like a year since I was at Espanyol. The last game I was properly at, my, I made my, my feelings clear that I thought football should have been voided. I think it's unsafe to play. If fans, if fans, if fans aren't allowed to be in a stadium, then football players shouldn't be allowed to touch each other at a, at a corner. But now that we're back, I'm glad that we're back. If, if it has to be behind closed doors, it has to be behind closed doors. You know, like for me, it's interesting because I watch probably more football, like with the sound off anyway. You know, for one, you... yeah. Well, because sometimes I just be... hate Steve McManaman. <laughs> doesn't mean, mate. You know, when you go to a pub, you aren't, you know, necessarily looking out to hear commentators or whatever. You know, uh, I, this I hate that. When yeah. they, when they, when you go in pubs that have music on and football, I. Hate, I I'm one of the people who goes and asks for the commentary to be put on. <laughs> but like, for me, like, and particularly this season with a little one, you know, a lot of the, the evening matches have been like with her asleep on me, with me watching it on my phone. So I've sort of just got used to it, to be honest. Oh, that's a classic parent thing, isn't it? I remember like <laughs> when I was a kid, my parents used to have the volume on pretty much two and the subtitles on just yeah. so I didn't wake up. Yeah. So- I did... So I did the exact opposite from, from the very beginning with both of them. I had it on as when they went to sleep on me, I turned the volume up. I thought, well, they've got to get used to this eventually. <laughs> it's probably not the, the most ideal thing in the world, but it worked for me. 
going to say, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed about, I was going to say, the, the viewing experience today. And we'll, I, I said we'll go straight to talking about football. We're going to talk about ourselves for a bit because, you know, we're doing a podcast, we're self-indulgent. Um, but one of the cool things for me was I, I had a little group chat going on with some of my um, some mates and like we had a video call. So we're all watching kind of a game together. And, you know, that, that was really cool. So, you know, I've spoken to these guys a couple of times throughout lockdown, but, you know, I was on the phone to them for, what, an hour, of, hour or so of the game by the end of it? It was like, that's a really how did it? Because how did it work with the um, delay? Oh, um, so two of them were at the normal time, so to speak. One of them was about 10 seconds behind, and I was about a minute and a half behind because <laughs> I was on a... Should we say a less than legitimate stream? Grey so, area. Yeah, so which was really fun um, in the, during the second half when Pedro Neto spanked one in, and I knew about it a minute beforehand because I genuinely was able to hear next door screaming his head off, shouting Neto, <laughs> and I just turned and went, "I think Wolves might have scored." And then, of course, I'm then looking at my phone, being like, "Come on, come on!" It's like. We're in our own half here. V- VAR check. Yeah, just like, oh, what's going to happen here? But, right, the game itself, I mean, it was just classic walls, wasn't it? You know, drill, you know, wear them out for the first 60 minutes, bring in a couple of speed merchants, and then just pick them off with, you know, a couple of classic wing plays. Fellas, I was going to say, what did we think of the game? But before that, most importantly, what did we think of the hairdos? <laughs> as, um, as a, go on, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for you, Stu. But being a fellow bald man, it's just jealousy all over the pitch. Um, Traore, I, I just I, it would not suit me. But what I'd do for a haircut like that, Jota's has got such lovely curls. I'm just jealous beyond belief. Uh, I think it's a relatively well newish. I'll say 18 months of the uh, the bald community. Um, <laughs> even Rui, he had a Superman curl. He hasn't had a Superman curl for ages. And I thought, if he's meant that intentionally, then fair play. But that was what the one that I stuck out for me. And then you saw Traore on the bench with his uh, George Berry. Yeah, and... he was nicely shaven today. I thought he, he had years taken off him. Yeah. See, see for me about Traore, yeah, don't get me wrong. The hair was great, but it was the sideburns that did it for me. Those were good sideburns. Very clubber lang. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he looked more like his pro Evo avatar today. Yeah. I'll take that. Maybe, that, yeah. maybe that's what he's doing, Dan, to play the real game. Mm. What, what did we all think when the team lineup got announced? Because I'll be honest, West Ham aren't very good. <laughs> I could have told you it's coming into it, and I could have told you anything in the lineup. The fact that we then went through our, I don't know, like our controlled lineup with Dendonka in the middle, uh, just we could have taken to the sword from a lot earlier. And it, obviously, it worked for you know, we kind of grind them down for 60 minutes and you know, then you know, push through another gear when you know they're clearly not very fit and balls are historically an incredibly fit team. Uh, I know, for me, we have got an abundance of wingers in the club. 
in the likes of Podence as well, Triore, Jossa, Gibbs White can stick out there as well. And you know, but we don't we've got more right and left wingers than the Elsa Commons. <laughs> but we don't have many. We don't actually have that many central players. So like, I don't know. I feel that we'd rotate the wide players a lot more, but you know we went for it. But what do you guys think? Um, I thought well, it it would have been a surprise because as soon as you see three five two, like you said, it's walls by numbers. Yeah. You know, you know exactly what what he's got to do. And West Ham are so stupid that they didn't realise again for the fourth time in a row that this is this is exactly what was going to happen to them. And it was it was almost like just well. Just has missed a few in the first half. I mean, we had eight shots in the first 35 minutes or something like that. And the, half of them were just paired up off and a couple of blocks and stuff. And you thought, well, okay, fair enough. This is already two points dropped, if, which is what I said in the uh, Fable group chat at halftime. Uh, if we don't get this, this is already two points dropped. But you just knew exactly what was going to happen. So it's, it's one way or the other. If it had started with Traore and it hadn't worked would be on the back foot going into the second half with no sub-options. Having sub-options that way round. In the first game back after three months when we have got another game on Wednesday and then another game next Saturday early. When we've got loads of games together, it seems to work this way. So it wasn't a surprise at all to me. It, given it sort of a boxing analogy, it just felt like we were a young knockout artist that needed to get some rounds in knowing that Come the later rounds, we could just bring on Traore and just land a knockout punch. West Ham are just a journeyman boxer who are there to take the appearance money and just get knocked out. They're they're an awful type. They're an awful side that have spent so much stupid money. Yarmolenko, four nails, and then you look at Wolves and the recruitment. I mean, Traore cost like was it eighteen million? Yeah. West Ham spent near enough sixty on Yarmolenko, four nails, Haller. They're a they're a shocking club that. That don't pull the finger out and David Moyes don't bring <laughs> some European experience to the club. They're going down. Well, I think that the, when I, I said earlier about how, how old he looks, I mean, even three months of lockdown, he looks like he's aged 20 years. He, yeah, he did he, age rapidly when he was at United and he did come back rejuvenated. But yeah, I think that the stress has taken its toll again now. A bit like um, Sullivan and Gold in the stands, putting their masks on when they knew they were on camera. But even not doing it properly and just putting it over the mouths with the noses exposed still. It's just, when you're a millionaire, you can put it on any way you want. I, I did enjoy the uh, Trevor Brooking mask that was just hanging off his ear. Yeah. It, it, it just shows what club they are. That those are like the front, the, the faces of the club and then it was just a shambles to see them try and put the mask back on. They may as well have had Gold, Sullivan, Brookin and Pablo Zabaleta at the back today because they were shocking. <laughs> I mean, back to you, Rich. I mean, you know what? I, I think it's sort of Stu alluded to that I've never not confident that Wolves wouldn't, you know, win. You know, especially in that first 35 minutes, I just thought... You know, we've had a few chances, nothing clear-cut, nothing huge, but we're applying pressure, and West Ham aren't. You know, there's no shots on target, anything like that. And I thought, you know what, get, give it a bit of time, and we'll get there. And second half rolls along, we get to that favourable point, and goes, you know what, let, let's, you know, let's test out the fullbacks now. And 
Troy did what Troy does. And, you know, again, it's almost a tale as old as time, isn't it? Troy you know, drives down the wing, puts in a beautiful little cross into uh, Jimenez, who scores his, what, 14th Premier League goal of the season? You know, with eight games left, he's already matched his tally from last season. And, you know, for, for me, Jimenez has almost kind of gone under the radar a bit this season in terms of his out, output, I guess. But, yeah, you know, he was so huge for us last year. It's almost just like unseen, I guess, or untalked about how, how much he's kind of delivered, I guess. Um, I, think, I think he's just expected, though. I think he's just, you expect him to score at least every other game. Yeah. And even, he looked a bit, he didn't really look bothered, really, to be honest, in the first half. Um, there was a couple of like lethargic when he had that one that that one half volley on the edge of the box that got blocked. Um, but apart from that, I can't really think of anything else where he looked like to get really involved in things like he normally would do. But again, that might have just been a case of part of the system where you just have him as a as a link man up front and snatch it if you can, kind of thing. But I know what you mean. I mean, last year he was getting all the plaudits, but. Maybe because we've been so terrible in the Premier League in the past that <laughs> he stood out like a sore thumb compared to other Wolves players. Um, whereas this year, you have got Troy Ray as the poster boy as well. You have got other people in and around all contributing at the same time. You had Neto with his cameo when Jota was out. So everyone's kind of stepped up to the plate a little bit more, which I prefer it this way. I prefer it not all the, the burden being on him and his shoulders even though he's never going to get subbed off because we've got Campana who doesn't even feature. Considering we've got like 900 subs there, that was quite disappointing not to see him on the bench. I, n- I never even thought about it until about 60, 70 minutes in. When I, when I looked at the, even though I'd looked at the bench beforehand, I saw Oscar Bell Rasmussen again, uh, which was disappointing not seeing him today, maybe Wednesday. Um, that I thought, well, where is Campana? Surely we need a striker on the bench. I think it's what, what Rich mentioned, just considering how many wingers that we've got now, not to have that one central focal point if Jimenez did take a knock. Because there isn't really... I mean, you could probably put Jota through the middle. But, you know, come, come late in the game, if Jota had already gone off then, well, showed you had to put Morgan Gibbs-White on at centre-forward just to keep the ball up and, just, you know, just retain possession a bit more without having some sort of attacking threat. Yeah, when when the uh, the fabled one came on, I thought, well, obviously it's just to work to run down the clock a bit. But I thought, well, actually, Neto and Troyoro up front, as the back as the two would have five in midfield again, just to see out the game a bit. But that's been tried before. And that's pace to burn, especially at that that time of the uh, the game. So, as a contingency plan, that wouldn't be a bad option really for me. Um, but with 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 a three, you can't. We've got no replacement whatsoever in the middle. Yeah, I, 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 when I saw Subs Lineup and I saw that we didn't have Campana, I was a bit surprised. But there's kind of nothing really we can do about it at this point, is there? Because we are, we have Jimenez as the central striker, and then it's you know it's a long way down to Campana. It feels like um, you know Jimenez did make the news this week. Um, to be honest, I didn't think that it was that controversial. You know, international footballer. Um, is open to a move to Real Madrid in shock, you know, quickly. Are any of us bothered? No. 
Not in the slightest. I mean, he's he's not he's not from Whitmarines. He's not from Heathton. He's not from Wensfield, is he? So he's he's got no allegiance to Wolves whatsoever. So we've he's come here. He's made we've made him who he is. But at the same time, he's helped us get where we are. So it's been mutually beneficial for both parties. And if he wanted to move on and test himself at the higher level, if that chance came, then you couldn't begrudge him that. Of course, you couldn't. And for no, him to come out, it's an absolute disgrace. I, I would never leave my company for more money at a better better level of work because I'm not that type of guy. No, of course not. Utter lies. Anyone who says otherwise is deluded. If if Man United came in for me, I'd say no because I feel Wolves are better um, transition, not tran- uh, ascendancy at the moment. So we're going for money, but I think ascendancy is where you want to be in life. I think staying here, you either, you either become a legend or you get swallowed up. And staying here is, is got, there's the title of the podcast. He's, um, if he stays here, he's, everyone knows what he's about. He knows what the club's about. Everyone's a winner. If he goes somewhere else, he's got to test himself all over again. He's got to prove things to it, fans and the, his new teammates. So I don't know, mate. <sighs> From what we, I mean, we've mentioned this before about players who leave Wolves rarely go on to better things, and you can't really see him as good as he is for us. I don't think he's a top four or Champions League striker. Not for not I for a top I top club. I think we well, I don't think there's a club out there that's that's going to pay the money that we're going to want from him. Being we've paid thirty plus million for him, he's a marketing god for us in bringing money in from Mexico. It's just, it's, it, no one's going to pay them. Man United, the only club that's stupid enough to pay the money that we would want for him. Yeah, and we don't need the money either. That's, that's the, the main difference this time. Even when with Fletcher and Jarvis in the past, where they were the standout players in that team in the end, we needed the money off and they rightly so wanted to stay in the Premier League. That's not even a, a consideration now. So, and where we are now, what level on points with Man United? with nine games left or whatever it is eight games left who's in the better position now eight points off third with eight games to go exactly I'd say renew your passport but we'll be out of the country for a good few years anyway (laughs) and he hasn't got Pogba to worry about either here so that's a winner in itself yeah I mean for me like you know he don't get me wrong he's you know a, a, a physically fit athlete but at the age of 29 has he missed his peak to go to a genuinely elite club or you know is it actually genuinely worthwhile getting another three years at Wolves or whatever earning a King's Ransom in another contract you know for a couple of years if Wolves keep up their heady heights and then drop off at that point and you know what Wolves will probably make a loss in transfer fee on him but that won't really matter because we'll have Got our money's worth, so to speak. Um, you know, that that'd be well looking because I don't kind of see, as you said, who's going to buy a 29, 30 year old striker at, at this point in his career. And I don't really see it in terms of you know him getting unless it's for a huge payday. Who, um, let's be honest, has had two good seasons in his career. Yeah. Before he before he came here, he was a bench warmer. Who who was an impact sub at best in to, in top European leagues? He's come here and all of a sudden he's a he's a superstar and he's 
Mexico's number one striker he wasn't that before against the Wolves mm. far from it so it's for him it's it's lose lose if he leaves Let, let's talk about the best moment of the game probably best moment of the return of Premier League football Neto's goal I mean the line just again every game he plays he improves and even you know throughout like throughout lockdown you can see he's kind of very much done a lot of upper body work and all of that stuff and he's definitely put on a bit of extra mass and you know what just ugh, that finish was just some uh, i'm lost for words but i think it was bloody beautiful knee sliding knee sliding across carpet is not ideal and i had to do it again <laughs> it was just it was one of them where you well, as soon as it dropped to him you knew what was going to happen because he, he's just he's just got it in his locker. I mean, considering how relatively little we paid for him, by the look of his talent and where he's going to go, I mean, even before before what happened happened, I was saying week after week that I'd rather him start than Jota, and he'd been playing better than Jota for a long time, and he was unlucky to lose his place. And again today, he came on and he did more than Jota did in ten minutes. Yeah. He was superb again, regardless of regardless of the. Of, the uh, Judah Thunder bastard. Um, he was he put himself about, and like you said, he has bogged up over lockdown, and which is the one thing in his game that he needed to do. And now he looks like the all-round package for what sixteen million quid. Another super piece of business. Was that sixteen million combined with? Sure, Dale. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you're talking less. Yeah. Than even that, when you, even if you take Jordo into it, that's 12, 13 million for Pedro Neto yeah. in today's money. Yeah. I think if you, know, if you watch them warm up before games sometimes, they, they do a lot of passing and drill, cross and shoot mm. um, practice. And there was that one moment, um, Doherty knocked one over to Jimenez on the edge of the box in the first half, which he maybe, if he was a bit more fresher, might have had a cleaner contact on it. Um, but it was just, without blowing my own trumpet, that Neto goal was exactly the goal that I scored past Wolverhampton Grammar School for Deansfield back in the day. <laughs> Maybe with a bit less volume and, and power, and, but there was more attendance at my school match than there today. So you say more pe- because more people have seen it, it counts more? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Deansfield represent. As I say, boys, um, genuinely, I don't quite know how to judge, but who do you give the man of the match to? Because for me, I know the Birmingham Mail gave it to him, but I think Ruben Neves just controlled the game in the middle of the park yet again. Again, another example of balls just hitting the ground running and another player who's kind of taken his form from three months ago and just brought it forward through with him. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, I... I've openly criticised him and said that I wouldn't be bothered if he, if he was sold and all this stuff. But I mean, I think it epitomised in the first half where he he pulled off that brilliant sliding sliding kind of hook tackle on the halfway line and then just pinged it to Jota on the edge of the box. It was absolutely, it was brilliant. But yeah, he's he's matured a lot in the space of take the three months out in the space of this well twenty twenty as as is and. I mean, playing with Matinho for two years obviously going to do that to you. But yeah, I know they gave um, Traore man of the match on Sky, which kind of says it all really about what the game was like from a neutral point of view. But yeah, 
Neves for us was a perfect, an all-round perfect midfield performance. Apart from sort of getting a goal or assist, I don't know what more he could have done today. Like that, what Stu mentioned there, that one tackle, and then the ping to to Jota. There was a, it was it was just nice to see those cross cross field passes from Cody Neves to the fullbacks, get us back into the rhythm of what we do best. And um, you know, you, you go on social media after the Tottenham Man United game and see all these Man United fans all over the world swooning over one Pogba pass, and Neves did about three of those passes in half an hour. Yeah, and from a deeper deeper position on the pitch as well, which we've got, we've kind of collectively said that when he's when he's deeper, he's not as effective as he is further forward. And today, playing deeper, he was effective, and it, it was a solid performance. It was, he was probably rightly man of the match. Yeah, I think going back to what Rich said earlier with how poor West Ham am, when you give someone like Ruben Neves that much time and space, he will look sexy on the eye. <laughs> he must have a lock. I say he must have a lock, locked in hairdresser though, because he ain't gone wild either. No, but it's just a trim, isn't it? It, it, it? It's it's obviously longer, but it's still styled. He's just just a wonderful man. Um, but I was going to say, I think I just about rounds up the West End game. I think again, it, it it was walls by numbers. It was exactly what the doctor ordered. It had, you know, a bit of a classic um, Wolves and Danilo box office as well um, under with a Pedro Neto volley. Um, we'll talk about the Bournemouth game right after this. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here, oh, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that. And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com. Uh, and also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. So, welcome back. On Wednesday, uh, Wolves will play their uh, second lockdown game. It feels like we're almost in like a mini-series at the moment for me. But we're not like, you know, I forget about all those other games. It's these nine games, these are the only games that matter. But we're against Bournemouth, who uh, lost to Crystal Palace um, on Saturday, um, 2-0. They're actually on the same points as West Ham, and they're, you know, very much still in a relegation dogfight. And to be honest, they're probably about as turgid as uh, West Ham. I mean, are they uh, currently being panned at home to Palace still? I know it was 2 0 when I last looked. Uh, it's finished now. 2 0. Lovely stuff. Which, you know, I think. And I think Joshua they... King went off injured as well, which is really bad for their striking. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they've really dropped off the ball. And I know Stu will give his. Surf- Stu will be creaming over their fate. That like, lies ahead for them. I've never understood the Bournemouth hate, but this guy, I'll let you carry on, Stu. <sighs> today, today couldn't get much better than watching them getting absolutely ripped apart by Roy Hodgson's Palace at home. It's no coincidence that, I mean, I'll put the tweet in, there's a few likes already, that it's no coincidence that in the year of VAR, their shitty little off-the-ball nonsense and play-acting has not happened, or when it has happened, has been pulled up. And they haven't been allowed to get away with it this season. And look where they are. There's no coincidence whatsoever. 
even in the championship uh, four or five years ago now, whatever it was, it happened then. The constant cheating and off the ball, and the, the gamesmanship, that because it's a little old Bournemouth. No, it's not little old Bournemouth. They're, they're banked by, <laughs> backed by a millionaire. It doesn't work. They cheated their way to promotion. They stayed up, and if it, Eddie Hay was an English, blah blah blah, but because they're a, it's a so-called fairy tale, it's a media-loving situation with them, and it's just false. They've got where they are by agricultural football, can you say? And they, they, they've always been defensively dodgy, but this season, because of the they're off the ball tactics and they're they're uh, the dark arts, not possible. Look where they are, screwed. And I'm so glad. And if they go down with Villa, oh, Watford can stay up for all I care, as long as them two go down. I was going to say, now you can step off your soapbox. Um, <laughs> out of curiosity, um, who are the three teams we all want to, I say, go down? Or you know, who do we see going down more to a point? We, do we think it's going to be Norwich, Villa and probably Bournemouth at this point is it just a case of who can be less shit out of you know basically Bournemouth and West Ham yeah I think I think that's where it's going to be I think it's going to be who 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 is less terrible than everyone else I think Norwich Norwich had their chance on um on Friday night well Friday afternoon evening whatever whatever time of day things are now time doesn't matter um I think they had a great opportunity then and they were absolutely torn apart again 3-0 so they're pretty much gone now. Um, I've still got a sneaky suspicion that Villa are going to lock their way out of it somehow. I mean, if they can get the look of the 100%, 100% perfect goal line technology in 9,000 games and that fails for them, then you've got to think, well, what, what possibly else is going to happen for them to stay up? And they've avoided so many things. and They've avoided going into liquidation by minutes three years ago and all this kind of stuff. So... I think Villa will probably scrape out of it by some miracle. Um, well, yeah, I think I think Norwich and Bournemouth are absolutely screwed, and then it's one of the rest to uh, to join them. Yeah, just to be concise, I'd like Norwich, Villa, and another one today. I'd like Brighton to go down, just purely because oh. we, ne- we never just we never beat Brighton. I'm sick of playing Brighton. I'm just I'm sick of them, but. I think West Ham will go down instead of Bournemouth purely because I think Bournemouth have got more uh, better players in the attacking third. Callum Wilson, Harry Wilson, uh, Brooks is back for Bournemouth now. And I just think after watching West Ham today, they're just shocking. I mean, if West Ham were playing the championship in that stadium, <laughs> Tuesday night at home, against Barnsley, hopefully, someone like that. 20,000, 30,000 in it? Half full? It's glorious. They'd have to do a lower ball thing, wouldn't they? Yeah. They'd have to put the Orient. <laughs> they'd have to put the fans where the banners were today. Yeah. That's fine, because they could put the banners at the top. It would work. It would work. Um, yeah. I, I guess, do we think that, because I guess this is a Wolves home game as well, of course, um, that a Wolves... I guess likely to play the team that ended the game, so probably start the Nagra out wide, start Traore, start Neto, um, and go about it that way. Do we think, or do you think Nuno's pr- being Nuno more than anything else will probably just keep the same eleven because he knows 
guys, this squad can handle three games in a week over the course of a couple of months. He probably will play cautious again just because of how he is. Um, personally, for that one, I would play the team that almost finished, bar Raul going off. Um, yeah. I would play Raul Neto and try to up front as a three and just go at him and just destroy him and get it over and done with and then rest for the uh, for the game on next Saturday. Personally, that's what I'd do, but Nuno doesn't work like that, does he? So it's more than likely going to be 3-5-2 again. Yeah, I think my my desire would be that Traore starts because I've got him in my fantasy team. But <laughs> I think as it's shown with all the games since lockdowns, you know, since these games behind closed doors have started, teams flag after an hour and the last thing you want to see is a left back. Traore coming on, doing his little jump and sprint, knowing you've got to try and hack him down because you are going to catch him. I think going back to that, the... Um... The first goal today, I can't. I can't think of a better cross that he's put in for us in in this time here than that one. I, I, considering he only had he had one tester as well before that that got cleared away, and his second ball into the box was like that. I'll raise you one. I can't remember I saw Matt Doherty cross the ball like that for the first for Neto's goal. No, he has done before. He has done it in the past. He doesn't. Not he, very often. I was going to say because. Notably, our fullbacks don't do an awful lot of, like I said, traditional fullbacking. <laughs> yeah, but it, Richard's just put you on the stretch on the spot, Stu. You're saying he has, but name one. <laughs> I've, I've had I've had several cans of Rheinbacker today <laughs> after my um, after my bangs is amber ale, so it's I can't think of a, a single one at the moment. But now uh, more so in the Championship than in the Premier League, mm. to be fair. Um, with when he was overlapping with Douglas on the other side, because he hasn't really played that role for Wolves in the Premier League, really. There's always been someone in front of him, so. Yeah. I mean, he almost doesn't. To be honest, when you've got someone like Troy in front of him, he doesn't really need to do that much crossing because Troy is better at kind of hugging the touchline, so to speak. And though he likes to get inside and get nearer to goal, but I know thought it was interesting, but I say we, we've kind of got two two very distinguished. Right-sided players in those two, but neither one of them you'd probably say a great cross to the ball. But uh, I don't know, like with, with Traore, he's got a certain style in how he crosses. He, ho- you know, he goes to the byline and digs one out, and Jimenez understands that now, and you know he's happy to hang in the air and nod it in from six yards out. It was like watching Dennis into ball. <laughs> New combination. But you said that we haven't really got it on the left-hand side either. No, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny doesn't cross. No, mainly because he's right-footed. And for now, Green only when he gets in that position, he only runs out of play. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't really got we haven't really got crosses of the ball, traditional crosses of the ball. Anyway, we don't play that way. So when it does happen, you appreciate it even more. Yes, I um, quickly rounding off the Bournemouth game. Quick scores on the door prediction, guys. So we'll start with any mini mini mo dam. Uh, 2-0 2-0 Jota and Sace 14-1 with Betfair (laughs) I don't even know what the odds are it's probably good odds there Sace don't get booked today either amazingly 
It was a couple of chances where he, I thought, oh, oh he's going to lose when his he money. Went he that, um, he when, that, when, it went, when he went for the corner, when he, when he tackled Bowen, I thought, oh, shit. Yeah. But yeah, when he, when he showed that, the, um, the final camera angle, and it, it actually, it was a perfectly timed tackle when it looked dodgy as fuck to start with. Yeah. Can I bring a slight bit of worry to this episode where... I felt no one wants to skirt around the subject, but we all feared it that these lack of play in the last few months may have had an effect on the experienced legs of Matinho. No, I think he was he was starting to flag a little bit towards. I thought, apart from that Megs that he did on Ungakia, I thought he was careless for his standards today. Well, he. He's been a bit outshone by Neves in this, this well, like I said earlier, in 2020 anyway. Um, and he, he was starting to show all 33 years of his age. Um, but even so, he schooled Mark Noble all over the pitch again. And a bad, say bad, a slightly out of form Matinho is still better than half the league. So it's not, it's not really an issue for me. I know where you're coming from. It's one of them things where you notice it because he, he has been so outstanding for us for the first 18 months of being here. But I'd rather have him in the midfield than Milton Gibbs-White. Oh, yeah. I think we can agree to that. But I think it's just a bit of a worry when you you know yourself, the, the older you get, and you're not playing week in, week out. and that I think he just needs to get back into that rhythm. Hopefully these upcoming games will properly kick him back into... Goat levels that he's usually are. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly taxing against West Ham, Bournemouth, and Villa, is it really? I mean, he, from a midfield, well, say holding midfielder, what he really is now. So, but from, from where he is, and I think if we come out of them three games and he's still not firing, then you think, well, okay, maybe we need to look at something in the summer, but well, summer, autumn, whatever, <laughs> whenever the transfer window is, but. No, I think it's just one of them where certain certain players have come back better than others. And I think he was just maybe a victim of circumstance today that he was just 33 years old in quite a sunny day as well on a big pitch. Maybe it was a bit much. Maybe. No cause for concern yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, you know me, I love a bit of pessimism. Yeah, <laughs> sprinkle it in there after what was a solid game. Stuart, uh, prediction for Bournemouth game. I'd, I would probably go the same as Dan. I think routine two nil, walls by numbers. Um, I mean, I, I I wish that we some. I say quite often that someone's going to get an absolute spanking eventually if we do it to them. Oh, oh joys of joys! I, I don't think I'll be able to sleep. <laughs> say, considering how much alcohol you usually consume, I'd be scared <laughs> about how much you'd uh, you, you'd have on Wednesday night. Where's your um, money on at the bookies, Rich, for Wednesday? I've gone two one, which again is pretty classic Wolves and Zanuno. I think we'll, I think we'll almost do the opposite, and I think we'll race to a two 0 lead in the first half, and basically just like we did in the game down there, we'll, we'll get the two 0 lead. But hang on, we could we could do them um, some serious damage here, and then just take off off the gas, take off all the front three, you know, put Kilman on at centre forward. I don't know, and then kind of see one later on. Um, but yeah, uh, before we round up, uh, we do have a few questions from Twitter, and we've kind of covered a couple of them in the show. But um, I've got a couple of quiz questions if you want to crowbar them in. 
Oh, go on then. Should we do Twitter Corner first and then finish off with a couple of... Um, is it part of your new quiz format? Oh, yes. I can't do these things. I'm, I'm yeah, it's yours for the taking then, Rich. I'm scared. But, okay, um, we'll quickly do a couple of um, questions then. Um, so, um, Mystic Kev asks, will Pedro take us to a Champions League? Oh, I hope so, Kev. Mm-hmm. One game at a time, sweet Kevo. <laughs> uh, the, 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 um, uh, football uh, neophytes, who I think, um, oh, I'm thinking, Stu, you helped convert him to a be a Wolves fan. Yeah, that was um, that was Luke's thing. Luke went on his um, his um, podcast where he, he was deciding to choose a team. Um, that's Nathan, Nathan, his name. Um, so yeah, he chose Wolves, and I'll kind of. Got Pally with him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, so he asks, uh, better um, better non-haircuts, uh, Jot or Trail Ray? Oh, Trail Ray. Jotters is terrible. Yeah, Jotters just... It's it's perfect for a man not his age. <laughs> he, lo- he looks like Steve Guttenberg. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'll, I'll Photoshop him on for Police Academy later. Yeah, that's exactly what you need to do. And uh, finally, um, one from uh, King Wolf eighty four, who I believe was the winner of um, a giveaway earlier today. Um, was Nifo's goal a filth or b pure filth? I think pure there were some variations after that as well, wasn't there? I, I'd personally go pure, um, pure unadulterated filth, but you know we, we we're all allowed to in whichever verbs we want. Filthy McNasties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, before we um, say thank you to our wonderful sponsors, Dan, I will pass the reins over to you, sir. Right, so we, if everyone's watched, if anyone's watched Richard Osman's House of Games, there's a quick uh, section on there which is called Answer Smash. So, it's, there's two answers from a question and you have to mash the two answers together to form another answer. So, for instance, Wolf's all-time top scorer and a demolition vehicle would be Ball Steve... Day. Bulldozer. Okay. So this is the first question. Former Wolves and Bournemouth player and a Chinese language. And you, Sir Mandarin? Oh. That's, that's correct, Richard. One point for you. Stu struggling, as we all expected, because the base <laughs> kicked in. Um, obviously, it's a Wolves Bournemouth theme. So the next one is Bournemouth's Norwegian striker and Game of Thrones' largest city. Josh King's Landing. Come on, she needs to be a lot quicker than this. Rich is running away with it. I hadn't even thought of it, and he's finished saying it. <laughs> yeah. Wolves striker and flat ribbons of pasta. Um. <laughs> Pasta comes in packets. I don't know. I don't know what the names are. Flat ribbon pasta. Flat ribbons of pasta and a wall striker. No. Pedro Nettatagliatelli. I don't know. Oh, you were close. It was Diogo Jotagliatelli. No, oh, for God's sake. That that, that no, nah, I have that mean? one. That one don't. That one don't pass. I like how you've taken off your um, comedic hat in. It's not comedic. 
It's Cappy from Mary okay. Odyssey. Stu, you've already lost anyway, so we'll let you we'll let you have this one on your own, Stu. See if you can get it to get a point back. Bournemouth defender and Sesame Street character. Oh. I'm going to give you five. <laughs> I don't know. Sesame Street character. Three, two, one. Steve Cookie Monster. <laughs> and that is Fancast Answer Smash. I want to know the Dan quiz. I've done quite well this season, I think. I, mean, I, I, I tapped out last season. Of being Stu so usually does the uh, league table when he's at the top of it, but I think he's going to refuse this so. season. It's been a bit quiet. I do, I, yeah, a bit quiet. I do actually need... I'll go, and, uh, I'll go back and do the league table, just out of uh, fairness. I think I'm, I'm probably joint bottom <laughs> this season. Fabulous. Right then, guys, we are actually going to be back. Basically, the plan is we're going to try and do a pod pretty much after every game um, throughout the rest of the season. So we'll have plenty of content um, for you. We're also doing extra um, additional pods. Um, So we've got our Wolves Thirst series that's kind of been very much run by uh, Hoops. He's doing a fantastic job interviewing um, Wolves fans about their experiences of... um, basically becoming a Wolves fan um, we'll be looking to keep you up to date on our social media things about all things uh, Wolves hopefully now that they're back there's going to be loads more we can talk about and you know lots more um, shoehorn Simpsons and wrestling um, puns we can put in there but until then it's been great having you back with us all so we can actually finally talk about um, I was going to say actual football a uh, big thank you to our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media um, feel free to check them out on their website. They do a great job on ours. Um, and they also do a whole load of other stuff as well. Um, make sure you follow us on all our socials. So on, you know, type in Wolves Fancast onto them all. You'll probably find us. Um, see you next time. Until then, it's goodbye from Dan. Stay safe and keep listening. It's goodbye from Stu. Pedro Neto. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. We all have tasks we'd like to avoid, like mailing and shipping. It takes time lugging all those letters and packages to the post office. That's why you should try Stamps.com. For 25 years, Stamps.com has made mailing and shipping easy. You get all the services of the post office right on your computer, anytime. No traffic, no waiting, no hassle. Plus, you save money with discounts up to 84% on USPS and UPS. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. Print stamps, print shipping labels, and if you sell products online, Stamps.com connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, so you can spend less time on shipping and more time on your business. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale. Just go to stamps.com and enter code PROGRAM. This summer, you need clothes that you can wear anywhere. 
For that, look to American Giant t-shirts, shorts, jeans, and sweatshirts. American Giant makes everything in the USA, so when you buy, you create jobs and improve local communities all across the country. Shop summertime closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com with promo code WA23.